0: Started this sermon series last week, and um, I'm going to uh, com- I'm going to continue it today, and then uh, it's going to carry on for an- for another um, three weeks after today. So really, the month of, of April is going to be what-, what what we're calling the four cups. And uh, when we say four cups, we- we're really talking about the four promises of God, and these cups represent those promises. and And where we get the cups from is from the Jewish Passover seder. Um, this is, this is a, an annual Jewish feast that takes place um, every year. It actually just took place this past week. And um, uh, Jewish people get together and they, they remember the time when, when, when the death angel passed over the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. And really, they remember God's deliverance when God delivered them out of Egypt. So the Israelites had been enslaved in Egypt. They didn't didn't move there to be slaves. They had moved to Egypt under a friendly pharaoh who who invited them to come and stay. And then uh, another pharaoh rose up who wasn't quite so friendly, instead was intimidated by them. Said, these guys are multiplying way too fast. We need to enslave them. And so the Jewish people became enslaved for 430 years. They were in slavery in Egypt until God raised up a man named Moses. And uh, maybe some of you have seen different movies. Hollywood's done some different things on that. Most recently, I think is the Prince of Egypt a cartoon uh, about Moses leading his people out of Egypt, and um, the Jews remember this every single year in a feast they call the Passover. Well, in the Passover, there are four cups of wine, and you can't just drink them all at once. You have to drink them in a certain order because they each stand for something, and so they each stand for a different promise of God as found in Exodus chapter six. And so, we're going to go to Exodus chapter six real quick in verse six through seven. If you have a Bible. You can turn there. If you do not have a Bible, we have a giant um, Bible on the screen for you. Um, uh, and we're going we're gonna to read the four different promises. And really, the next four weeks, we're going to be focusing on these four promises. Um, because we believe that, 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 that these promises aren't just applicable for the ancient Jewish people. They're also, uh, really, they reveal the heart of God for all mankind, for all time. God doesn't change. And this is still his desire. And so we see this. We see this in ancient Israel. We also see this when Jesus came to earth. He talked about these exact same four things. When you start looking at these four things, you start seeing them throughout the Bible, really. Um, that this is God's heart for people. And so we want to offer this to you. We want to offer this to our community. And we want to make sure that we um, drink of these four cups, that we receive these four promises. Everybody, I, I, I wanted to say amen. Um, to which you would say, <laughs> "Amen." <laughs> church humor, that's awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know why amen is a question, but sometimes it is. Um, but that, that basically, I'm, I'm asking if that makes sense. So hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. Let's read the scripture and let's, let's, let's dive into the promises. God's talking to Moses, and this is at the very beginning of the deliverance of Israel. God says, therefore, say to the Israelites... I am the Lord, and I will bring you out. This is the first promise. This is the first, what the Jews call that, the first I will. There are four I wills in this passage. The first one is I will bring you out, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Um, the Jewish people were enslaved. They were, they were made to be slaves to these people, and that was not God's will for them. That's not what God wanted. And so God said, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to deliver you from under the yoke, or the heaviness, the heavy burden of this bondage, I'm going to take you out. We're going to jump into that today. But he continues, uh, "I will free you from being slaves to them." We're going to talk about this next week. Um, uh, this this is the cup that we would call the cup of deliverance, because it's one thing to be brought out or to be moved out of bondage or out of slavery, but it's another thing to receive um, deliverance to where he frees you from being a slave. Uh, so you can have the chains taken off of your, your external life But there can still be things on the inside that God wants to free you from being He wants to change your being yeah. And um, so this is the second cup We're going to be talking about this next week And really, I, I think most church folks are kind of right there they're, they're, they're sort of stuck right there And so we want, by God's grace, to get out of that To get out of that, 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 that stuckness and, and on into the next promise, which is what God offers here. He says, I will redeem you uh, with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. The word redeem means to put back or to buy back. Really, to put back to an original intent, original purpose. There's a reason why God made you to begin with. And it wasn't just so that you could have problems and then God could help you get rid of your problems. It was actually, there's actually a good plan that God has for you. Um, not just to get rid of bad stuff, but to actually begin to participate in some good stuff that he wants you to participate in. And, and that's what this is talking about. We, we, would, we, we would call this the cup of redemption. So this is the cup where, where he redeems you and puts you back on track with what he created you to be. And then finally, he says, I will take you as my own people. And this is the first time he uses the word people because he's now talking about a group. He's talking about a group of people, a group of individuals coming together. Uh, he says, I will be your God, and then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. God's ultimate plan for your life is not just an individual plan. It's a corporate plan. He wants you to be a part of a family. He wants you to be a part of a group of people that are making a difference. And um, this, is not just, this is not just Christian talk. Actually, social psychologists have discovered this as well. The, 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 the hierarchy of the needs of man. I think it was Abraham Maslow who, 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 who developed that. And at the very highest need, you, you and I have a need to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And uh, that's not God. That's, God put that there. God said, "This is something that you're going to need, and I'm going to be the answer to that." And so, the final and the fourth cup is what uh, what 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 we would call the cup of uh, praise. That's what the Jews call it, the cup of praise, because that's what your life becomes. Your life becomes a living praise. And so, we want everybody to get there. We want we want everybody to receive all that God has for them. We don't want you living life um, less than what God intended. And so our prayer and our hope is not that you just come to a church service, but that you would actually experience the promises of God. You would receive them for yourself. You would believe in them, and you would walk in them, like in your everyday life. So we believe this is this is for all of us, um, and uh, this is something that that, that we're going to focus on today is the first cup, and this is this is the entry level cup. And um, uh, what I would like to do is, is I would just like to read a passage from Exodus uh, chapter 1 verse 11. This is really at the beginning of, of the book of Exodus where it talks about how God, how, how God had brought them there. But then chapter 1 verse 11 talks about what happened to the Israelites once they got to Egypt after a while. Um, that the Egyptians in verse 11 made the Israelites their slaves. And we've underlined that word. Uh, They made them their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to, look at this, wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramses as supply centers for the king. And that's the passage we're going to be talking about today. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that you rose. I thank you that your resurrection is, is, is not only historical fact, but it's a present reality for us that encourages us, and we celebrate that today. Um, But Lord, I pray that we would do a little more than celebrate the resurrection. I pray that we would experience a personal resurrection within our own lives, within our own hearts, Lord. I pray that you would help us to um, receive this cup, receive the promise that you have for us, freedom from all sorts of bondage in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, I had my birthday today. And uh, thinking about that because I Happy oh I'm sorry did I say today I meant this week, no. right. but it's my birthday week so it's just you know yeah. but, but the Jones has got me this fancy watch I don't know if you can see it but but the bling is so bright you might be able to see it yeah. um, it's my first big boy watch it's uh, <laughs> I call it my first my first fancy watch uh, uh, Eddie Jones he's our he's a leader of the kids ministry and he uh, he he's a, been a manager at Seiko for for forever so. Anyway, he hooked me up, and uh, it's been a great birthday week. Um, I'm at the age, 35 years old, where I'm not quite old, uh, but I'm not quite young either, so I'm just kind of somewhere in between, I don't really know where I am. But, um, so it wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't a sad week, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling old or anything like that, it was a good week, it was a nice, uh, a, a, a nice birthday week, and it was nice of you all to come here and, in honor of my birthday, and I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Oh Jesus! Right, right, yeah, that's right. Um, okay, but anyway, this being my birthday, I kind of thinking birthday thoughts, you know, getting older thoughts, and um, I, I kind of had one of my first sort of maybe I am kind of getting old moments um, this week. I was checking out of Walmart, and I was standing there at the end of the of the, of the checkout line, and I, and I just looked down the row, and uh, here in Austin, like all we have are paper bags. Um, those of you from Kyle and San Marcos, you know, you 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 guys. Are not as mindful about the environment as Australians are. Um, apparently, you have plastic, nasty, nasty plastic bags. And they, they rot in a landfill forever and they get stuck on dolphins' faces and they melt. And little, little dolphins, you're, you're killing little dolphins, okay? Like, that's basically what's happening. So, shame on you. And- uh, no, just kidding. I'm, I'm standing there and I'm looking down the row and I see all these paper bags and I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about boy, the plastic, yeah, the pictures of the dolphins are in my mind. I actually saw a picture on Facebook with a turtle. Like it was a baby and it got stuck in some plastic and it grew up and its shell wasn't round. It was looked more like an eight, you know, which is not funny at all. It's evil. It's terrible. Humans destroying the planet. And so, you know, this, this is kind of, I was like, man, all that's sad. He has to live like that. I don't, can't even get it off. What do you do? And, 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 and so I'm standing there looking at the paper bags and thinking about this. But, but it suddenly dawned on me that, that, wait a minute, like when I was little, we had paper bags. Have you ever had that moment? Like, like, like we're, <laughs> Marilyn's had it a few times. And I think this is why. I think this is why sometimes older people, Can can be somewhat um, cynical about change and new things. They'd be like, "Oh, you young whippersnappers! You're just trying to." And I've never understood that until now. I stood there and I thought, "Wait a minute! I grew up with paper bags." And then, like when I was little, I remember all the campaigns for saving the trees. Remember that? How all of our paper bags were like killing all of our rainforests and the poor people in Chile? Like they didn't have any shade; it was too hot down there. Because, because, us Americans were taking all of their trees and putting them into our grocery bags. We got to get plastic, people. Right? I mean, I'm old enough to be like, wait, wait a minute, wait, deja vu. Like, okay, now, it's okay. We paper bags are bad for the environment. We need plastic, and then and then we get plastic and then that's bad for the environment we need paper and I'm like Wah. and it just sort of dawned on me that I think sometimes uh, as, as humans we especially since the industrial revolution we like to feel like we're moving forward we like to feel like we're 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 we're, we're moving in a direction that is positive positive. And, and in fact some people say if you stand still you're going backwards that's one of the sayings ever you're not going backwards you're just standing still (laughs) like unless you're on an escalator that's like going down you are just standing still but but in our in our current uh, uh north american mindset it's like if i'm not moving forward then i'm moving backward and so sometimes and and maybe maybe we are moving forward with the plastic bags and paper bags maybe we're better at recycling now that's what one thought that i had but but honestly sometimes I think we just make up stuff. Right? Like 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 the iPhone 5s. That's just that's, that's just a fake iPhone 5c which is really just like iPhone 5 in slightly different package like but but we just make it up. And we're like, "Oh, I got to get the iPhone 5q because it's so awesome." And now they got the iPhone 6 which I like I can tell it's a little bit different, but I mean, come on. They had to make a 6 plus in order for it to be really different than the five i mean that's really what the plus was it's like haha I made you buy the six? Oh, you can want the plus i mean but but we're constantly feeling like we're moving forward and this is true uh in cell phones i mean once again showing my age i remember car phones does anybody remember car phones yes. car phones that's right now you can't even talk on your phone in the car in austin because they're like it's dangerous these were marketed as car phones like, you plug them into the car, and you, it's like this brick. It's about this big. About the size of an iPhone 6. Wait a minute. Time out. We're going back in time. And it's like this block, this brick. And you open it up. You pull up the little antenna, and you, you talk on the... And then and then they're like, oh, that's that's so old. That's so big and clunky. You need a cell phone. Cell. It's smaller. And I remember, like, like the new ones we marketed smaller and smaller. Does anyone remember a razor phone? Yeah. That was still one of the coolest commercials. It was like a phone that was like a knife. I mean, you could like open boxes with it and stuff <laughs> like that. It was awesome. It was Razor, you know, with not spelt right, Razer. And it, but it was just it, it, it get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then they came out with smartphones because your small phone is too dumb, so you need a bigger smartphone. And now the, now the phones are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And everyone's like, look at the size of the screen, man. I'm like, well, don't you have an iPad? Like, is now I, you know, Apple wins again, because now you don't need your iPad. And now, because now you have this, in you know, iPhone 7, it's going to be like, you know, look at this. Like, we just hang it on the wall and watch TV, and then we dismantle it and carry it into the truck, you know, put it in the back. These things used to fit in pockets. Remember those days when they could fit a cell phone in your... So now I'm feeling old again because I'm probably going to be like 75 and people are going to be like, look at my tiny little phone. And I'm like, well, you can't even see anything on the screen. you know. And I'll just tell them about iPhone 6 super plus things. But this is, this is kind of the nature of things. Sometimes I think we just need to feel like we're moving forward. So we really are sort of like going around in circles a little bit. And and this this is true with technology, but it's also true with, with like even even like in relationships. Like, like like I was talking to a married guy a while back, and he's like, I just didn't don't feel like my marriage is really going anywhere. Where where do you want it to go? Is this a vehicle or a car? Like if your car isn't going anywhere, that's a problem. If your wife is sticking around, that's a good thing. I mean, come on, what are you talking about? Where are we going? Like. Yeah, but, but, but we constantly need to feel like we're improving and we're getting better. And I'm not against improving it. But I really, I really wonder, are we really trying to get better? Or are we just afraid of feeling stuck? Are we just afraid that, man, if, we, if, we, if we're not getting better, we're stuck. We're backward. We're, we're, we're out of touch. We're, 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 we're trapped. I think, I, I, I think really somewhere in the human condition is this great fear of what happened to the Israelite people here. This slavery is being stuck. They wanted to leave Egypt. They could not leave Egypt. They were, they were slaves. And so when you look at that, that passage in, 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 uh, in, in verse 11, it says that the Egyptians made them their slaves. And then the word slave, when you look in the Webster Dictionary, I, I, I pulled this up because most of us can't associate with the word slave because it's so far out of our range of understanding. But check this out. A slave is really just one that is completely subservient to a dominating influence. Slave is somebody who is completely subservient to a dominating influence. So in other words, you can be a slave to whatever is the dominating influence in your life. Most of us have not been physically enslaved, but several of us have been emotionally enslaved, mentally enslaved, habitually enslaved. Whatever is the dominating influence, whether, I mean, it can be a substance like like drugs or alcohol, but it but it can also be a person or a Or sometimes a a need for a person or a need for a relationship. There's 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 different levels of, of, of slavery. And this is this is really where all of us find ourselves. This is not just unique to you because you're special, but all of us, the Bible says that the entire world is under the sway or the dominating influence of the evil one or of Satan. That Satan has put us in slavery, that we're born into this slavery because of sin. Uh, in John chapter 8 verse 34 Jesus tells us that most assuredly I say to you whoever commits sin is a slave to sin so has anybody ever committed sin around here okay and the rest of you liars so there's a sin cool. all right I point that out um, we've all committed sin. So therefore, we are all slaves to sin. Sin is the dominating influence naturally in our lives. Sin is the dominating force. And the problem with this slavery is that even when you want to get out, you try to get out, there's this dominating influence holding you back, stopping you from doing what you want. You're stuck. is how people sometimes describe it. I feel stuck. I feel trapped. I feel unable to move. that's exactly what what sin does, it, 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 it's, it sticks us to that place. But, but check out the rest of verse 11. After enslaving them, they appointed brutal slave drivers over them. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them. This was their plan. This was their hope. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down. Hoping to wear them down. That was the point of the brutal slave drivers. And, and honestly, I think sin is very similar. That sin's goal, sin's mission, in John chapter ten, verse ten, Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You see the you see the wearing down of that? First steal, then kill, and then utterly destroy. There's a there's a process by which you are you are being worn down. People would, 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 would tell me like this, they would say, Well, I just feel exhausted. I feel like I try and I try and I try and just just can't get free and that's the point that's the point of this of this slave driver to drive you to a point of of exhaustion until you finally give up hope (laughs) the enemy does not want you to have hope doesn't want you to believe that anything could be different doesn't want you to believe that you could be unstuck instead sometimes actually i think it's more of a distraction some of the things that we that the the technology and the relationships and the And the stuff and the the paper bags versus plastic and all the Facebook and all the stuff that that I think it's a distraction to make us feel like we're not stuck when really in our heart, where it really matters, we are. And that's what the enemy wants to do. It's to steal hope and so distract you, get you talking about this. And all right, we made some progress over there. Yeah, but what about you? (laughs) Are you still stuck? Uh, City of Austin's moving forward with paper bags. Good for them. What about you? Are you stuck? And this is, this, this is where he has a slave driver pressing them down, crushing them in order to steal their hope. They forced them to build the cities of Python, I'm sure I mispronounced that, and Ramses as supply centers, look at this, for the king. This is the, this is the third and final um, sort of identifier of slavery. All of their work, all of their efforts, all of their time and money, all of their days, they were spending up And they were using them completely. They were coming home completely exhausted. And yet they were coming home to shacks. They were coming home to squalor. They lived in the ghetto. They lived not in the beautiful places that they were building. They were building that for the king. And that's the final point about slavery is all of your resources, really, they're used for somebody else's agenda. All of your, your time, all of your energy, it's not used to make you better. It's not used to improve you. It's not used to get you closer to God or get you closer to freedom. It's used for the enemy's agenda. And so people will say it like this. They'll, they'll say, I don't, I don't understand why I hurt the ones I love the most. Well, why? Who, who would like to hurt the ones you love the most? That's the devil. That's the evil one. He gets us to serve his purpose. So that our brokenness ends up causing more brokenness in other people, it's because we're we're building stuff for him. We're building his kingdom. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and so he influences us and tries to get us to participate and to help him steal, to kill, and to destroy. And oftentimes, it's the people that we love the most that we don't even want to hurt, but we are being used for his agenda, building for the king, doing all of this stuff, all of the time, all of the energy, all of the effort. And you might say, okay, well, how do I know if I'm in bondage? Well, well here's a good passage for you, to, for you to identify in Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. And this is a description, uh, if you will, of, of what it is to be in Egypt, what it is to be in bondage. It talks about, he says, at one time, we too were foolish, uh, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. That's what it means to be in bondage to be enslaved to passions and pleasures that there's that 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 your outer man your 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 body your your drive your your physical appetites whether whatever it might be that's what's driving you that's what's enslaving you that's what's telling your your brain what to think and that's what's telling your spirit what to do i was enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures we lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another It's being used by the enemy for his agenda. But when the kindness and love of our God and Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And that's important. How do you say, say, how do I get out of slavery? How do I get out of bondage? Well, first of all, you don't get yourself out. God says, I will bring you out. And so the saving happens by the power of God. Because you've tried on your own power and you can't, you can't quite do it. And so it's not by our own righteousness. It's not by stuff that we do. It's by what he has done. It's by his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. has to be a, a, a new birth inside of us. And he poured out his spirit on, spirit on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become, become heirs having the hope of of eternal life. He 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 restores our hope. And so for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about how the Israelites got out. First of all, they 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 receive this message from Moses in Exodus chapter six. God says, Tell the Israelites, I'm the Lord God, I will bring you out, I will deliver you, I will redeem you, and I'll make you my people. Alright, those those four I wills. And Moses goes to the Israelites. If you keep reading that that chapter, he goes to the Israelites and he's like, Hey guys, guess what? God's going to bring us out. God's going to redeem us. God's going to deliver us. And they won't listen to him. (laughs) The scripture actually says that that they refuse, not only do they refuse to believe, but they refuse to listen to him anymore. In other words, they're like, all right, Moses, uh, stop talking now. And Moses thinks it's because he's a bad preacher. (laughs) Right? Because he goes back to God. He's like, see, I told you that I stutter." And, you know, I get my jokes wrong, and the story's always wrong, and I, you know, timing is not my thing. And, uh, but, but the Bible makes it very clear, and God makes it very clear that it wasn't because Moses was a bad preacher. The reason why those people could not hear him and could not believe the message that he was telling them, and the Scripture it says it was because of the anguish of their bondage. In other words, they were so hurting that this news sounded too good to be true. Sounded just 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 off the wall. Moses, there's no way. We've been in slavery for 430 years. It's not going to change now. The anguish or the sorrow or the brokenness of their bondage was so overwhelming to them that they couldn't even put their faith in what Moses was saying. And you know what? God knew they weren't going to put their faith in it. Like, 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 like when Moses came back to God and said, see, they, they wouldn't listen to me. God wasn't like, oh, no, oh, oh, man, drat. What am I going to do? What in the name of me am I going to do? Right? I mean, God wasn't like wringing his hands like, oh, oh they, but, uh, hmm, maybe we can get, uh, let's see, we could hire maybe a cool band to come in and play some worship music first next time. and You know, but, you know like God wasn't scrambling. Instead, he was just like, yeah, yeah, I kind of knew that was going to happen, Moses. Um, next step along the way, God doesn't even skip a beat. He doesn't even miss a beat. Instead, he tells Moses, okay, you've, you've, you've proclaimed the message, but it was important that, that he proclaimed the message. It was important that he proclaim it, not that they receive it, but that he proclaim it because, because he's setting up a type and a shadow of what was to come. Yes. So it was important that he proclaim it. So he proclaims it. They don't believe it. And God says, no problem. Now go talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's the king. Pharaoh's the, the head honcho. He's the one keeping them in bondage. And Moses thinks, this doesn't make any sense. These guys didn't believe me. There's no way Pharaoh is going to believe me. But the, 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 that, that wasn't the point. God wasn't looking for Pharaoh to put faith in him. God wasn't looking for Pharaoh to believe the message. He was looking for a showdown <laughs> between Pharaoh and between God. So when Moses went to Pharaoh and said, all right, let my people go. Uh, Pharaoh was like, "No way!" And it began this this battle between God through Moses and Pharaoh, and and God demonstrated His power in crazy ways, like like in ways that have never been seen in 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 human nature since. Uh, from a bazillion a bazillion, um, flies, and then frogs, and then the river into blood, and just so many things. And finally, at the end of it, finally at the end of it, he 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 delivers him. He, he delivers Israel um, at what they call the Passover feast, at, the, at what they call the Passover. And he finally demonstrates his power over Pharaoh, and Pharaoh actually sends them out. He says, you know, you guys really need to leave, only pray for me first. <laughs> that's, his, that's, his, that's his only request. And he sends them out. He just says, just go, just go, go, go. And and all the people of Egypt are are, are blessing them and giving them gifts and giving them gold and silver and giving them all sorts of things just to get the Jewish people out of there. Because they're so defeated by God. And this really sets up a type and a shadow of what was to come in Jesus Christ. That when Jesus came and declared the good news of the gospel to us, we didn't believe him. Uh, Nobody believed him. Everybody crucified him. They, they refuse to listen to him. And, and really, I mean, we can't fault them because we ourselves have, have also been so broken that we can't receive the love of God. We can't receive the good news of the gospel. And so uh, when it first comes to us, we also have that doubt and think, ah, oh, man, maybe for somebody else. But I don't think that's for me. I don't think. I, and, and, and that doubt is very natural. God knows it's going to come. God knows it's there. And so scripture says that even while we were yet sinners, while we were not believing, while we were disbelieving, Christ did something? Christ went to our Pharaoh. He went. He went to the one who had us in slavery. He was crucified. He died. He went into the tomb, and there he had a showdown <laughs> with death. And death was the final enemy, the greatest enemy that, that all of us have. And in fact, uh, in the in the, in the book of Hebrews, it, it, it talks about this. Or um, actually, actually, let's go to Romans. Romans eight eleven. Uh, it says in the message Bible it says that it stands to reason doesn 't it that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life he'll do the same thing he 'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself when God lives and breathes in you and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life with the spirit. Living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. So when we celebrate the resurrection today, we're celebrating an event where Jesus went to our Pharaoh, even when we didn't believe, even when you didn't believe and I didn't believe. And he said, "Okay, I knew you weren't going to believe. Now let me now let me show it to you. Right. Instead of just telling you that you're free or telling you that you're going to be free. I'm going to pave the way for your freedom. and I'm going to come to your Pharaoh and I'm going to defeat him. I'm going to defeat death. I'm going to defeat sin. I'm going to defeat Satan. And so, when Jesus rose from the dead, that was the that was the that was the, the 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 power that Satan had was was death. And when he rose from the dead, he broke that power. He 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 shattered it. He 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 obliterated. It. He conquered death. And when he conquered death, he he is now able to offer us eternal life. He's able to offer us life right now, where we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of the power of death, and we don't have to be enslaved to the power of sin any longer. Because of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And when he rose from the dead, he had defeated our Pharaoh. And our Pharaoh literally said, just go, just get out. <laughs> just get out of the tomb. Just get out of the grave. Just 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 go. Because he because he had been defeated. And so really that's that's the offer of the first cup, that God has already made a way for you to get out, that God has already defeated your biggest and greatest enemy, the root cause behind every other problem and addiction that you have and every other kind of bondage that you have. He's already defeated that, and he's already paved the way for you to get out, and now he simply comes to you and says, if anyone would believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So it's great to celebrate the resurrection. But really, my prayer for, for each one of us today is that we would experience a resurrection in our own life. Amen. Because there's something that dies inside of you in slavery. There's, there's hope that dies inside of you. There's, there's peace that dies inside of you. There's joy that dies inside of you in slavery. And so what I believe God wants to do is God wants to resurrect you, the you that he created you to be. The you that he saw from eternity, the you that he that he designed and he crafted and he and he intricately made you piece by piece. It was not wasted. In fact, nothing in your journey has been wasted. Everything in your journey has brought you to this place where he's now telling you, I'm here to bring you out. And so what and and so what do you do? Well, what what the people of Israel did is they started walking. It sounds ultra simplistic, but it's, it really is what you need to do is just simply start walking toward him. Moses was out in front. Moses led the people, and they started walking out of bondage. And, and I, and I, I, I want to share with you just real quick, just five minutes here, about the heart of God for you. Um. Personally, I love to go shopping. Um, that's kind of my thing uh, to do with the kids when it's daddy daycare duty time. <laughs> we, we go shopping. So like, um, and Ro has said this, I'm kind of the girl in our relationship. <laughs> when they're with mom, they go horseback riding, they go hiking, they go outside where all the allergens are. Um, that's okay. I don't judge. <laughs> they go outside. They do like things, active things. Um, when they're with dad, like we go inside, where there's air conditioning. And <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and <laughs> filter. It's air. It's air conditioning. It's the air God made, but better. <laughs> and forward. So <laughs> Um, And so one time, this is a few years back. I I I, I only had let's see, I I only had Madden with me. This is uh, we were pregnant with Micah. Madden was like three, and um, (laughs) I was starting her off young. She was two and a half with Micah. Oh, she was like (laughs) two and a half. Um, And uh, starting her off right. uh, Let's go to the mall. And so she and I go on a little date to the mall, and uh, go to Starbucks, and then go shopping. Um, and I, I, even bring stuff home for Roe, too. So it's not just about me. It's, uh, we, we get stuff for Mom and you know. And um, but anyway, I like to go to Forever Twenty One up at um, Barton, Barton Creek, Barton Creek Mall. And um, yeah, so we, you know, we're we're up there. They have a huge Forever Twenty One there in a pretty good guy section. And so uh, we're there in the guy section. I had a stroller. She was still in a stroller at that stage, but she was able to get out if she wanted to. So she was out and she was kind of walking around. Um, and I'm, and I'm still pushing the stroller, and I'm, I'm looking through the clothes, and she's, 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 she's kind of just, just there, you know. She's kind of looking at clothes too. I don't know. And, um, and I was keeping a close eye on her, and, uh, you know, peripheral vision. And so, like, then she just kind of disappears from the peripheral vision. And I'm like, I turn and look, and there's all these, these, these circles of clothes everywhere. And so I turn and look, and she's not immediately there. So I just slowly kind of walk around, you know, the, 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 the ring, the round there, and she's not there. And so I walk back. But then, like, I'm not seeing her, and she's two and a half. We're in Austin, and like my two and a half year old girls, not really exactly there. And so you know you, you don't you don't freak out. At least I don't, because I'm very, I have it together, kind of calm person. Um, I am. Most people are like, you should be freaking out right now. Huh. And I'm like, man, now it's all on the inside. Um, so I keep it, you know, keep it cool on the outside. So I'm like, well, okay. I'm like, okay. So I, I kind of start pushing the car, and I'm kind of calling for her, you know. Madden, Madden, because you don't want to be that crazy parent in the Forever 21 store, because all the other 21 year olds will look at you really weird, and uh, they'll never want kids. And so I didn't want to do that to them. And so I'm just like Madden, 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 and 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 finally after it would seem like longer, it was probably just about 30 seconds So I, I like she wasn't there and I couldn't find her, and I thought, well, this is this is not good. And so I'm kind of watching the the. The door and um, oh I know she had been playing with with sun, some, some sunglasses I had been looking at some sunglasses she was, she was holding them for me and um, so I thought well if she walks out the door with the shades you know the, the alarms will go off and that'll be good and so I start walking back and forth and, and you know like your heart rate starts, starts going up and every parent that's ever experienced this, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about like you are just like uh, gotta find man so then I'm starting to yell louder now I am that crazy parent I just don't care <laughs> you know it's like I okay I'm crazy That you know I'm looking for my daughter and so I'm, I'm calling out and so, so finally it's like somebody who works in the back they're like sir can we help you I'm like yeah I'm, trying. I'm going back and forth uh, looking through all the rows of clothes uh, and I said yeah I, I can't find my daughter and I said oh okay well what does she look like and I'm like well she's a two and a half year old girl I don't know like that's what she looks like and, uh, well, you know, like, I don't have patience for this. Like, what do you want? You know, I mean, sketch out a bug for you and draw her face. Like, like we only have a few minutes here. Let's find her. Well, okay, well, let me go talk to my supervisor. And I'm like, you can't, like, go talk to people. You got to get on, like, the loudspeaker and, like, close the doors and, like, shut everything down. Right? Like, it isn't time to go chat it up with your supervisor. and I'm normally a very sweet person, but when my daughter's missing, things get a little greedy, and, um, you know, and, and so, and, and so I'm, so I finally, I go back to the back table to try to talk to them to get on the loudspeaker, and then the alarm goes off, so I just bolt to the back, and Madden was walking out of the store with the shades, luckily she had <laughs> the shades, and uh, this older lady was, like, leading her out, and I think, I think the old lady just kind of was trying to be a help. But I was just like, push her aside and just grab Matt you know, (laughs) don't touch my kid. Uh, I don't know what came over me, but there's just that sense of urgency that I had because my daughter was lost. And honestly, I think if we could tap into the heart of God, the father, and we could ask him how he feels about each and every one of us when we are lost. He'd probably describe it something like that. Like, there's this this burning, all-consuming, weight, but he's lost. Wait, but she's still in bondage. And I think he's just trying to find people that'll help him find his <laughs> kids. Like, I don't need to talk to a manager. I don't need to have a discussion about theology and let's try to work that. Let's just find the kids. Can we just, can, can we just do that, like, we, we, we debate later. We can talk about, we can, you know, try to figure out if we should have carpet or no carpet, stage or no stage, lights or no, like, well, we can go all that, but let's, 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 let's find my kids. Because it's, I'm, I'm distracted. I'm just, I, I, I'm distracted by the fact that, I, that they're still lost. And so this is, this is the heart of God for you today. And, and as you sit in Egypt, he's not, he's not going to beat you up. He's not going to condemn you. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save or to rescue or to deliver out of Egypt, the whole world. And so if you're here today and you've never experienced that freedom, that's what we want for you.